After their victories in the midterm elections, Republicans will begin 2015 with a new majority in the U.S. Senate and a bolstered majority in the House of Representatives. Whether and how Republicans use their gains to target the Affordable Care Act could help determine the legacy of the law. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Jonathan Oberlander, a professor of social medicine and health policy and management at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Professor Oberlander has written a perspective article on what the recent Republican victories could mean for the future of the ACA. Professor Oberlander, what types of decisions are Republicans facing with regard to the ACA now that they're going to have a majority in both houses? I think they have to decide, first of all, whether they want to focus on symbolic politics, which is to say voting again in the House, since it's happened over 50 times already, to repeal the entire ACA and proceeding with that strategy in the Senate, which would be an affirmation to the Republican base. The problem with that is, given the realities in the Senate and the filibuster, given that President Obama is still in the White House, full repeal of the Affordable Care Act is really not feasible in the next couple of years in this Congress. So then the decision they face is, how much do they want to spend time on targeted repeal going after particular policies? And if they do, in fact, challenge particular policies, you say in the article that the most vulnerable ones might be the individual and the employer mandates and the medical device tax. What are the arguments against those provisions, and what are the chances that they'll actually be rescinded? I think the medical device tax is probably first on the list of endangered species in the Affordable Care Act. And the argument against it is, not surprisingly, mainly from the medical device industry, which doesn't like being taxed. The politics of this are particularly difficult for the Obama administration because several Democratic senators have said they don't like the medical device tax either because, of course, the device industry is all around the country. So I think the political support to maintain that tax is wobbly. It's really a peripheral to the Affordable Care Act's financing. So I would rate that as high on the endangered list. The individual mandate is something that's been controversial from the start. It, of course, has not been particularly popular with the public, which doesn't like the idea of having fines, and it has a rather punitive tone to it. It survived the Supreme Court by only a single vote. So Republicans really want to go after that. However, the individual mandate is central to the law. Without it, you would not get a broad enough risk pool in the new health insurance marketplaces for the uninsured. And so you can be sure that the Obama administration will be opposed to removing it. President Obama would veto any effort to remove it. So I don't think they'll get that far with that one. Maybe the most interesting one, and the one where there's the greatest uncertainty, if not this year, then going forward, is the employer mandate. Many people believe that the way the employer mandate is structured in the Affordable Care Act is at best awkward. And in fact, there are allies of the Obama administration and the health policy community who have written recently that it should consider jettisoning the employer mandate. It's a difficult issue for the Democrats politically as the economy continues to recover. The idea of imposing a tax on employers is not an easy one. The Obama administration itself, in recognition of the difficulties of enforcing this mandate, has already delayed its implementation twice. And while at the moment it is scheduled to go forward, I think it bears watching. You write in your article as well that given the implementation of the ACA to date and the fact that other provisions of the act are widely supported, Republicans would have a hard time repealing the law in its entirety, even if they took the White House in 2016. 
if they do take the White House, what can you then imagine a Republican president doing? I think Republicans really have a dilemma. Everybody is focused now on the short term. And for many years, Republicans had good reason to believe that there was a real opportunity to repeal the Affordable Care Act, either entirely or largely through Congress. The problem for them is that window in some ways has closed because many of the Affordable Care Act provisions that weren't implemented now are in place. Millions of Americans are getting benefits through the insurance marketplaces, through Medicaid expansion and so forth. And it's, I think, politically very difficult to envision that you could overturn the entire law through Congress. So even if they control the White House and both the House and the Senate in 2017, I don't think it's realistic to believe that they could overturn the entire law. I think rather they would have to focus on remaking the law. Repeal would become, in a sense, not repeal anymore, but instead remaking the law, getting rid of some provisions while remaking other provisions to reflect conservative priorities and philosophies. In the meantime, last month, Republicans in the House filed a lawsuit against the administration over some of the executive decisions related to the rollout of the ACA. Where do you think that lawsuit's going to go? Not very far. Most legal experts consider this really to be political theater. Congress does not have established standing to sue the president on such an issue. And so this is really more political symbolism than anything else. And it's unlikely that that lawsuit against the president is going to result in much. You also mentioned the Supreme Court case, King versus Burwell, which challenges the legality of providing subsidies to people who purchase insurance in states that have federally rather than state-run exchanges. Why do you think the court agreed to hear this case? Many people thought the court would wait until the circuit courts had ruled. That's a good question, and I would like to know the answer. I think the health lawyers amongst us would say that it means that at least four justices believe that is worth hearing the case. It is a case that's been brewing for quite some time. And when it was first broached, really the consensus of most people in the health policy community is that it was a long shot case, that there is established precedent for what is called drafting error when there's a mistake in the drafting of a law. You leave it up to the administration and the relevant agency to interpret the statute. And it was assumed that would be the case. The fact that the court is taking it means probably that at least some justices are ready to rule that the subsidies in those federal exchanges are, in fact, illegal, and that at least some of the justices are prepared to throw those subsidies out, which would have an enormous impact on the Affordable Care Act. So finally, what would that impact be in states with federally run exchanges if the subsidies become illegal? And what would that mean for the act nationwide? Chaos and panic. I think that sums it up. In the nearly three dozen states that have federally run exchanges, it could perhaps instantly or as soon as the next month mean that millions of Americans would lose their subsidized health insurance coverage through the Affordable Care Act. And without those subsidies, the vast majority of those persons will not be able to afford coverage. They would simply become uninsured. So it would cause in the short term, a huge increase in the uninsured population in those three dozen states. As a result, it would also cause a very significant drop in business for private insurers who participate in the insurance marketplaces, as well as to the hospitals in those states who have been benefiting from more paying customers. 
such a decision would also effectively invalidate the employer mandate, seriously undermine the individual mandate, and really completely destabilize the insurance marketplaces in those three dozen states. It would really be a situation where the fate of healthcare reform would be highly uncertain, and in those states, the insurance marketplaces would suddenly be absolutely chaotic. Thank you, Professor Oberlander.